You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 92, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, GeekArmor.com, and the Netflix. I want to be stereotyped. Hey gang, it's me, Iron Man, Tony Stark. <laughs> Recording from the Shield Helicarrier, you've tuned in to the If Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, starring Josh, Ron, and Hunter. Each week, the boys take the initiative to read the comic books, some of them featuring me, Tony Stark. Others feature lesser heroes. They then pick their favorite book, hopefully the Invincible Iron Man, which they then discuss on the show. But be careful, ladies. Spoilers abound. Enjoy your show, boys. As for me, I'm going to go get totally wasted and throw up in one of Reed's experiments. Thank you, Tony Stark. And it's Connor, not Hunter, you son of a bitch. Well, he doesn't doesn't really pay attention to the details. You're the little people. Exactly. Also, he's probably drunk. He's he's, He's loaded. We go way back. He's rich people. (laughs) Rich people. All right. All right, so uh, Tony didn't tell you that Josh had the pick this week, so Josh, take it away. How could he know? Uh, First, before you get in, can we just give a round of applause for him picking Justice Society of America? Because it's about time. Okay. When I saw the pick of the week tonight, I, when it went off, I was like, thank Christ, because it would have been my pick. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I was actually yeah. curious. That yeah. was my first question. Yeah. Because like, you do the pick in a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Like, you yeah. don't know. You never know yeah. if your action's going to And I don't work. ask you guys until we start doing the show whether you're both going to go, what the yeah, which which has happened quite a bit. Yeah, the, the, yeah. so 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 bravo. So. All right, uh, I got I opened it up and I and I thought Justice Society number eight. Justice Society number eight by mm-hmm. Jeff Johns and uh, I guess it's a fill-in artist yep. Fernando Prasarin and, and Rodney Ramos. I don't know if he's normally the inker. He was the inker on Transmetropolitan. So I always remember him. He's cool. Inker. Right. Um, the the this is basically a standalone issue uh, exploring uh, Liberty Bell and then to a certain extent damage. Was 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 it number seven? Was that the Sergeant Steel? Yes. Yes. So was, we're yeah. doing Which, like profiles now. Citizen I guess. Steel. Yeah. Or whatever. Citizen yeah. Steel. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, we've got this giant team, and and he keeps like he'll he he. I looked at it like a microscope. Like it's mm-hmm. it's out, and you see everybody, and then every once in a while, it just sort of zooms in on one or two people, and and you sort of get to spend time with them, and and I just it's just done so well. I don't find myself wanting it all. I don't find myself going. Oh, I wish they'd spend more time with so and so. He's giving it all to us in these very metered doses, and it's it's very nice. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought, but you mentioned the giant team. I'm reading the, the blurb for next month's issue. Oh, the Justice Society of America battles a blaze with some Brooklyn firefighters and discovers a new superhero among their ranks. <laughs> <laughs> what are they up to? Like 18, 19 people? Yeah. Now? Well, they're a society. The Society of, yeah. of fifty-seven. Yeah. By the time this is over, they're going to be the fourth largest country in the world. <laughs> so, so the beginning of the issue basically is is like the very first page is on Monday we're fighting this guy. So we're doing a page by page analysis. Yeah. Well, no, but <laughs> page like, one, panel one. <laughs> We're going to read it. Okay. You take damage. Okay. I'll take Our Man. All right. Here we go. I want to be Our Man. <laughs> Too bad. And I'm going to do him like a crusty sea captain. Hey. <laughs> uh, anyway. But basically, like, it just starts to say, like, how busy their lives are. And then, like, on the on the, on the the Saturday, on their weekend, like, they go snowboarding. Uh, Man, I hate fighting Nazis on Tuesday. Yeah. Liberty Bell and, and Our Man go snowboarding. And then – but she's basically saying, this is what our life is like now. And this is what my life used to be like. And they flash back to Well, what I, what I thought was really interesting was – 
was that this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday mm-hmm. were all the previous stories in the, in the yeah. series so far. So it's so, all took over a week's time. And so what's interesting is that on this first page, you just have Liberty Bell and Our Man who are married. Mm-hmm. And through in between the moments of the, the past seven issues, we see them planning this trip. Right. And I've said it before, I fucking love Our Man. Yeah. And I love them as a couple. Mm-hmm. And this page summed it up so greatly. Yeah. In that, like, you know, here they are, they're fighting Nazis, but then they're like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like they're just talking. And well, it's, some yeah. superhero couples don't work, and it's kind right. of silly. Yeah. And this one is just, it seems like it works. And, yeah. And, you so, know, I'm sorry. So, great. No, no, that's yeah. fine. Uh, and then basically it brings us to our, our story now where they're, they're sort of in the middle of a fight with Professor Zoom. They didn't tell you how it started or what, it, and they just, they throw you, which I think is fine. And you love Professor Zoom. He shows up a lot lately, yeah, I feel like. I mean, it used to be like when he showed up, you'd go, oh, shit. What else was he? What? He was in The Flash. Uh, he was in... Uh, the Flash? Yeah, he was in... And, and, oh, The Flash! In, <laughs> no, he was in something. I just no, no like he was in Countdown. I think yeah, he was in Countdown. Like, yeah, I just feel like I've seen him in a few different things lately. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to read his balloons. Yeah, I, really I, like, I liked that, though. Yeah. I can't... I do, too, but yeah. I can't quite figure out what he's supposed to sound like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is he supposed to sound... <laughs> <laughs> He's a murloc? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Thanks for the justice. I do more. Because he's moving so fast. Please don't do that ever again. Sorry. All right. So it gets into <laughs> you. That is, that is banned. <laughs> it gets into who Liberty Bell is and, and her past. Did you know any of this before? I didn't know any because of this. Did you know? Because you, you read Flash. Yeah, no. I'm, I've been. Well, what's interesting is that I knew the origin stuff, not to the detail that 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 Johns explored it with her, 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 yeah. her with Johnny Quick as father, but I knew who she was. I didn't know what happened from when she gave up her speed to now right. she's Liberty Bell. So yeah, this I didn't really, know any of that. this really filled in those blanks. She there. was, she was somewhat of a major character. In, was it Wade's Flash? I read yes. her. In yeah, that. she yeah, was. Yeah. She was actually that. dubbed um, in the late '90s when they made she a big deal. She was Jesse Quick. Of, yeah, but she was Jesse Quick. But they made a big deal when Wally was going to pick who the next Flash was going to be. It was her, not Impulse. I remember that right, cover, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the next Flash, and it's her in the outfit. You know, that would have been cool. Um, it would have been very cool. Um, right, is your heart monitor okay? I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> is that fine? Um, so, <laughs> what's interesting is, is that um, is that I'm on the precipice of buying all of the JSA trades from the previous. You series. should. I read and those. I'm going to. They I'm probably good. going to. Yeah, yep. the next convention I go to, I think we're going to pick them all. Yeah, up, they're so, very good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's not even a whole lot to say about it. It's just like a really good standalone issue. If you haven't been reading the JSA, this is a great one yep. that you can pick up and, and, and see if you like the flavor of it. Um, well, what it is is, an, is a writer who, who just has such a lock on these characters. Yeah. yeah. And he can do these single issues, and it doesn't feel boring, and he can balance a team of this this size mm-hmm. and not not have it feel overwhelming. Exactly. I mean, like, in the, in the same way where back in the 90s there was a lot of complaints about the X-Men books where there are so many characters and how do you know who's who or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing where I feel as if the richness of the characters really is an asset. Right. Because essentially there's not an effort to try to put them all in one issue. No. There's, you know, like, it, and it actually on the last page when they, after they, after they save damage and, and, and handle Zoom and then the whole team goes snowboarding with them, I found myself much like the old G.I. Joe comics looking in the background and say, oh, there's so-and-so, yeah. there's so-and-so. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a Where's Waldo. You want to see close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what's, so. what, what's even better about this format where you, each issue's only got five or six of them is when, when they're all together, you know that's when the shit's going down. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. when that big... F- mighty villain shows up and they're all there then you're going to know it's serious yeah another thing is uh, this one looks in damage a little bit yeah Yeah. and damage is very easily could be done and you would be like oh stop whining shut up I don't care yeah and I don't I'm not there yet it's a little bit but like for the most part like I want I I find myself rooting for him I guess I have no face yeah I know I thought um (laughs) 
again to echo what I said I love our like I want to know how the Hour Man Liberty Bell relationship started yeah, I want to yeah. see all that but the scene when they're at when they're um, at when they're at, in Aspen or wherever they are snowboarding and they're at dinner and then they get called to to report right alright it's 2007 like oh, th- those are the largest communicators. Like, those are like Star Trek 1960s <laughs> yeah, communicators. You know, make them a little smaller. Get up at the top. Yeah, but other than that, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this, this was a. Um, this but was I guess a, they're a little older. This was a villain artist. This is yeah. a Dale Eaglesham. I liked him better. I, I love Eaglesham, by the way. I've loved this, this series yeah, up until this point. And, yeah. and Eaglesham, for me, has to be on a certain kind of book. I yeah. think it does. It doesn't work for everything, but he's got a great style for this kind of book. Uh, I think it's probably a testament to the power of the script. You know yeah. that that this one is consistent with all the other ones, right. um, and and the the great thing that happened was is that not the great thing, but like Lib- Liberty Bell previously, Jesse Quick had given up her flash powers for, to help Wally, mm-hmm. and she had adopted the strength powers that her mother had. Um, but in this issue, she finds out that she got her speed back, so now she's not only super strong, but she's super fast. Well, right, which is just if super you awesome. You say three times two to the forty second. Yeah, yeah, but four A um, exclamation point. You know, but again, this touches on the same. He's staying with the same theme of legacy yep. and family and, and history and all of those things. And, uh, man, don't you wish that he'd been able to stay on Avengers? Yeah, but... Uh, you know, yeah. he didn't really click with Avengers like I he clicks he, here. I, think he was, I, th- I don't think he was seasoned enough for Avengers. I think he got on Avengers too soon. All right. I think if he, if he, when he leaves DC, if he goes back to Marvel and goes on to Avengers, I think it could be amazing because now I feel as if he's got a hold on how to yeah. do this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, but... Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, basically, Jeff Johns had control of the Avengers after Kurt Busiek a few years back, and then he yeah. signed his DC It was right before he went to DC. Yeah, he signed his DC yeah. exclusive contract. It was only one arc, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, and then he went to own... DC. Yeah, pretty much. To, to yeah, well, he, he, he's the, he's the yeah, Bendis. He's Bendis. He's yeah. DC's Bendis, basically. Yeah, you think the DO runs things now? It's Jeff Downs. So. Um, Uncanny X Men 489. I don't know why I'm buying this book. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I just feel like there's this nothing happening. Oh no, that's not true at all. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's what, happening. Are you crazy? I mean, well, admittedly, admittedly on well, we're talking story because because I, I have an issue with the art. Now this is the this is the Brubaker one. Not this is right. Yeah, this is Uncanny X Men. And so right now, Ed Brubaker's writing the story arc where we've got two stories that are going on where Storm and um, Warpath are and Hepazaba are investigating the uh, a terrorist group of Morlocks who are trying to to assert some control, some mutant rights. At the meanwhile, Professor Xavier and Nightcrawler are trying to track down Magneto because apparently Magneto's back. Um, story. I, I get my Mag- Magneto's mixed up between the movie, The Ultimates, and this yeah. one. So story-wise, I thought this was great. Um, you know, the 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 Morlock uh, terrorist group kind of went up a notch with this one. Um, we find out that they're doing it. They're doing it somewhat. There's some sort of greater kind of behind-the-scenes machinations. Right. Um, we find out that the uh, Skids, who's been a longtime character since the mid-'80s, um, often with her partner Rusty, who I forget where Rusty is, um, <laughs> is was actually undercover working for the uh, Rusty and Skids. Yeah, does yeah. Rusty work on trucks? No, Rusty and Skids were the first two characters that X when X Factor started in the eighties. It was the original five X Men under the guise of a um, we'll help find mutants, like we'll help families deal with the mutant problem. But then they were working undercover as helping the mutants along, and Rusty and Skids were the first two mutants they detected. Um, but anyway, so and Skids' power is that nothing can hit her; like it just goes right off. Where did know? Mimic fit into all that? Um, Mimic? Yeah. Mimic was in the, the original the, the original X Men. Oh yeah, Mimic was in the sixties. Yeah, that's the... well, as you said, the original X Men group. No, no, right, X no, Factor. this is in the late oh, X Factor. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I zoned out for a second. There. You did. Um, but so we find out, you know, we find out that's moving along, and then meanwhile, you've got Professor Xavier tracking down 
Magneto in a compelling, it's all building up to something. What the Morlocks are trying to do is they're trying to get Magneto's attention, and Xavier wants to get to Magneto before he before he realizes and get and builds an army again. Every time you explain what's going on in the X-Men book, I lose four minutes. That's all right. But the, what I think is more interesting about talking about this is that this is another artist in a, in a list of artists that I really, really used to like that have changed their he style. He changed his style. He used to be a good penciler, and now he's doing a painted style. This is LaRocca. And really? now, look, yeah. how, look how bad, look at this picture. Xavier looks fat. Yeah, and yeah. look at that. Of, like, you know, like it's, it's, he was a very good... For those of you at home, they're pointing out pictures of Charles Xavier and a, and a haggard uh, heroin-addled uh, Emma Frost. Oh, no, that's skids. skids, yeah. Um, she looks like she's hit the skids. Right, yeah. She's on much. skid row. It's um, not good. It's not, it's good. not good at all. And, like, and Carlos Pacheco, mm-hmm. same thing. He went painted too. Yeah, it? same yeah. thing. Like, like you know, like I understand I'm all about exploring your art form and trying to try different styles and stuff like that, but you were good. When you're on a, well, a, a top-notch book like this, fight the urge to do something different well, and do it is, good. The thing is, you know, they had a style that everybody went and copied. So yeah, they probably were like, you got to change. Yeah, exactly. Adjust myself. I liked the the fact that the the Fantastic Four were there. Yeah, I liked you know that's the old well, Marvel's, the old Marvel's thing yeah. of cr- crossing over. But yeah. I just don't. This must be just for the hardcore because I don't. I'm, yeah. I don't. I don't follow it. I don't know why I buy it. So stop. Um, we don't. Want I you. might. I might. No, I'm just kidding. No, I might. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I finished it. And I thought. Okay, I don't know what I happened. can if you want to stick with it through this arc. Right. If Magneto comes into play, it will get good. Well, that's I might do I might do that. I mean, that just I can assure you that if I know Brubaker's working towards getting Magneto back and if that's the case, it it, it will be good. I would just like for some, some some compelling reason to continue and that might be it. Okay. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's, I think it's kind of cool that there's a book for the X-Men people. Yeah. And it's not like no, no, any I, book it no, should be on canon. There's no yeah. problem. I have yeah. a problem with it. It's just I don't yeah, no, understand yeah. what's going um, on. and I don't even want to talk about the endangered species thing. I'm just I don't I, I didn't yeah. read it. Yeah. I tried to. I, yeah, I gave no, up on just, it. It's just, it's it's sad. Um, started off so strong for you. It <laughs> did. It really really did. Right. If, it, if we had Arnim Zola, it would have been perfect. So, um, so all right. So uh so we haven't talked about Countdown in a while, have we? No, we haven't. Yeah, so you know how in 52, in the beginning, it was really slow, we were, and we were all wondering what was going on, and Josh yep. was going to drop it, and we were all kind of bored? Yep. And then it started picking up momentum, and things started coming together. I feel like we're getting to the point now where I really, really enjoyed Countdown 39. And okay. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, things are starting to finally happen. I think what – I think I – th- I was thinking about it, and I think the problem is each one of these character stories only gets four pages or so. Yeah. So not a, you don't really get a lot invested because you're only getting a snippet. I think now we're getting to the point where we're, we're getting enough of the story cumulatively that I, I'm starting to become invested in what's happening Which to the exactly characters. exactly what happened with 52. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like act 1 took 6, 8 weeks. Yep. And then that got you, okay, now we can get going. Yep. Here's where we are. Let's move along. As opposed to one comic where it's 22 pages of a story, when you get four a week, you know, it takes a while to um, get going. I think now we're starting to get going. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I mean, I, 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 a lot of people have been, you know, kind of harsh. The, the, one, the only one qualm I have is about the Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen story is I feel as if, it, and I don't know anything about Jimmy Olsen other than just his archetype and what he is and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't read the Superman books on a regular basis. But I feel as if he's almost approaching this thing of having powers almost with a little more naivete than I would expect. I, I was noticing that is that they haven't seemed to develop this character at all. You yeah. think after all this, he would he would ha- like he would be like Rick Jones. Yeah, like Rick Jones is savvy and smart. Well, he's the, been through everything that, that Jimmy Olsen's been through. But and like when he's when he's thinking about what team to join, mm-hmm. and he's like, "There's the Outsiders. Well, they're too angsty, and just say that'd be cool." He's like, "We're Teen Titans. Now, how do I go ahead and make an appointment?" Like that. That it, it, I felt as if I was reading somebody who had no connections to the superhero community. Right. That, when this is Superman's pal. Right? The problem is that they keep rebooting. 
Jimmy Olsen so right. he doesn't get older. Ah. And so he doesn't become savvy because he doesn't ever get the chance to. Right. That being said, you would figure Superman's best friend wouldn't be that stupid. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he's you know, if, you, if you're going to count continuity into it at all, he, he knows Robin. You know, like they've met. He knew he who knew. Jason... Well, the big mystery is this is how did he know who Jason Todd was. Right. Which you know? they, yeah. they claim again at, in San Diego that they're going to explain later. Right. But I like that. I like the whole... Um, you know, the, everyone loves the rogues. The rogues are great. I love the whole... Um, even though the Karate Kid is kind of annoying, I like the whole break into Oracle's thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then I like... Hey, anytime Barbara Gordon's around. And the return of Batwoman. Like Which, on the heels of us going, where the hell has Batwoman been? Yep. You know, so so that's good. That's and good. and Renee, and Renee, yeah. Which which by the way, Renee as the question needs the hat. She's got the hat. Last issue, she didn't have the hat, right. and it looks silly. Well, so she's got the hat now. Well, I'm just saying. The just artist keep, probably the writer probably didn't put it in the script last time, and the artist was like, I'm not going to put the hat on. Yeah, and then this time, I really like Califiore's pencils. By the way, it yeah, reminds me of when he was on Exiles, and I missed that. A, yeah. This is beautifully. Yes, every now and then he gets a little too pointy nose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, um, this was this was an, yeah. this was an upgrade art wise, and that the rumor is they're adding more names because well even if you just yeah. look through the pages them. like he's done things like he just cants the angle just a little bit and yeah. just to throw it in a little dynamic it's less straightforward well he's a, he's an old pro he's been yeah, at no. it forever yeah, yeah. so he's he's yeah. very good but it's one of those really good examples if you want to look at like a guy who's up and coming as opposed to a guy who's established you can look at this and, and see the difference yeah just the layouts they're, they're un- unusual in some pages mm-hmm. it's good stuff yeah World so, War Hulk so the, the World War Hulk were, were Josh more than off. halfway through did you drop yeah, you dropped. Okay, well, so Josh, I, I flipped, Josh is out. I flipped through it in the store. I got the yeah. gist. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really. I was like, you know, what? I don't think I'm going to need to buy it. And I went through it, and I, I got every beat that I needed. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. I fighting. believe we lost people last week because I didn't like the book so much. Well, well, uh, yeah, well. What are you going to do? We can't make everybody happy. Um, I'm of two minds on this one. Yeah, the one like banner, like banner. On the one hand, I thought this the, this book had some of the strongest scenes in the miniseries. The I thought the I agree. the Doctor Strange, yeah. Bruce Banner stuff was really good. That laid that allowed some emotion to enter the story yep. and some some reasoning behind what's going on. But everything else just well, not good. well. The thing is, is that I thought I, I agree with you in that, and I actually thought the the Hulk Ross fight was actually good. Like when Hulk plowed through all the army, and should that the, have been first? No, no, I can understand why. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a story. I'm not a storyteller. I don't know, you know, like I'm not going to nitpick over that. But when it got to the point where Hulk jumps up to the helicopter and rips Ross out of it, and they're fighting, and Ross just shoots him in the eye, like it was that, that was fun kind of action. Um, but all the stuff, like the thing is, I didn't read Planet Hulk, so I have no real um, allegiance to the Warbound, right. to Hulk's buddies. I don't care about them, right. so, you know. So like the Rick Jones and them and fighting Iron Fist and Ronin and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. I don't like, see why we have to have that, but we can't have Thor speak. Yeah, exactly. And it's more. Yeah. More is the Sentry going to come? Isn't he going to come? Yeah, enough Can of that. Can we convince yeah. the Sentry to come? He's yeah. still on his He's couch. But no I gotta say, the last page with Strange getting badass and going Strange Smash was, was pretty was stupid. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> I called in the, in the shop. I go, Connor, can I show you the last page of this? And I'll show you why I'm not buying but it. But I really did like the fact that that. When ultimately in the story, Hulk beats everybody. They go to Madison Square Garden and they start prepping it to well, the, cre- to recreate the gladiator. The reason why he hasn't arena. killed anyone is he's making going to make them all fight each other like, like they did on, like on the planet he was on. Yeah. But what I did like was that Which, Rick Jones going, "Come on, Bruce, really? <laughs> like gladiator fights? Like like that was I thought a, t- a good touch of realism, you know? So I, I know. just think the, the more. It's, it's getting harder not to think about this book. I think the wheels are coming off the horse, and I'm starting to see other people noticing it. Two more issues. 
And it seems, it seems to be weekly. Isn't it weekly or bi-weekly? Bi-weekly. Yeah, yeah so, bi-weekly. So it'll be done by end of August. Right, I'm, not so. sp- I'm not spending yeah. another 12 bucks. No, I'm just saying, it. you know, and then we'll move on. But, I mean, I, I, again... It looks fantastic. Again, it looks great. And, Absolutely. You know, and the lettering is fantastic again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, There's color in that book. He is really stepping yeah, up. No, um, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, Chris did a good job in the letters, and, and the, the production is good. Jansen's inks, you know, I mean... The flashbacks yeah. all dot, you know? Colored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The flashbacks was great. You know, I just thought it was good. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. But um, it's just it's, you, it's if, an action movie. If you, t- you know? if you spend any time thinking about it, you realize how bad it is. Exactly. So all right, cool. We'll take this time out real quickly to t- tell you about Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe is one of the uh, best, uh, most progressive comic book stores in the country. Um, they they're located here in New York City in two locations, and they got the best selection of comic titles and other merchandise, T-shirts and statues and all that stuff. They got everything from the mainstream books to the mini comics to manga to, ever, to anything you'd want. So when you're in New York City, um, head over to Jim Hanley's Universe where art and literature meet. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe is, is their two locations. The first one's in Manhattan, across street from the Empire State Building on 33rd Street, and Fifth se- Avenue. And their second one um, is located in Staten Island at 325 New Dorp Lane. Um, and you can also visit them online at uh, jhuniverse.com. Um, and you could also go to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe and friend them on MySpace. And friend you, them. And if you're ever in Manhattan or Staten Island, go in, tell them iFanboy sent you. If there's a book that you're looking for that you haven't been able to find uh, for whatever reason, send them an email. Go by their website. They said they can, they can help find stuff and you can yeah. order stuff through them. Maybe G.I. Joe. Maybe. Perhaps. That's an, they're going to go, why did we get all these calls about G.I. Joe comics? <laughs> <laughs> they routed our stock. <laughs> so, um, all right, cool. So, uh, a book that I really have enjoyed the entire series, and for the first time I went kind of half and half on with the issue, was New Avengers Illuminati number four. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, whereas Connor said he's of two minds. Like, part of me, and I, like, I saw this across the, the, uh, the forums and things where people were like, that beginning was great. Yep. And it was a lot of fun, but at the same time it felt like it was A, entirely out of character. Yes. Yeah. You know, like it was fun <laughs> if it was in like a... Like, if they did one of those, like... I thought it was... I felt like a parody. Yeah, like, yeah, if they know. did, like, one of those dance lot one-off issues. Yeah, yeah. Like that, but... Yeah. And it was fun, but at the same time, like, I was like, this whole time, this story has had this giant weight on it, and this, yeah. this like, sense of uh, uh, importance, and, like, this kind of threw me off, and I'll be... Yeah. Like, and I did enjoy it. I thought it was funny, and I thought it was well-written, but it just didn't feel, like, in place with this book. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that I really enjoyed the... And for those who, those who didn't read it, it starts off with the Illuminati meeting... Um, and it's right, it takes place, I assume it takes place in the early 2000s, right at the Marvel Boy, um, right after the Grant Morrison's Marvel Boy series. Which I and, loved. And so they, they immediately throw you into the present because um, what happens is that Doctor Strange is upset because his wife left him and it leads to them kind of, you know, kind of talking about women. And they're talking to Professor Xavier and they're like, well, hell, you've dated a, a, outside the species. You dated an alien. He's like, how'd you know? Like, it's online. He's like, it's online? And like, that immediately almost took me out of it yeah. because I didn't know what time period it was taking. Now, you know, but, other, I don't, see, I don't care yeah. about that part yeah. so much because I, yeah. I know that time will, if you yeah. think time about it. Time is flexible. No, no, time, yeah, like, back that's to the future, fine. if you try to make sense of it, you're No, fine. no, no, no. But the thing is, that, the thing is, I, that is what, that's what set the setting for mm-hmm. me and I didn't, and it was just a little right. jarring. That's all. Now, that all being said, I think that the craft of these few pages was yeah. a hell of a lot of fun and really yeah. well done. Yeah. Where 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 Tony goes, do you know where she goes? And reads like, I know where she goes. Yeah. And it just cuts to like this sort of slightly far off shot of Namor. And he's yep. just like, hmm? Yep. <laughs> you know? And then I actually, I thought Namor's speech to read about Sue and that whole relationship was awesome. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that like, I loved and hated these first four pages. I agree. Yeah. You ready, you ready yeah. to have your minds blown? What? This is my pick of the week. Wow. 
Yep. Blown. Blown. Better, better than well, JSA. Well, what's funny is that my problem with the my problem with the book is in the first four pages. Mm-hmm. The problem is that like, and I know like for whatever, I just hate Marvel Boy for whatever reason. And I know right. you're going to tell me that series was great and stuff like that. It wasn't my cup of tea and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I did like what they did with him and they're talking with him and dealing with. I did like how they take, handled take it. Take those four pages out of it. Yeah. And, which gave me the weird feeling. I was yeah. like, it just doesn't seem right or whatever. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I had a, a lot of fun reading. I think that uh, 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 what's his name, Art Man. Jim Chung. Jim, Jim Chung. Chung was he's amazing. The art's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like from from huge action to to yeah. you need to read facial. Young Avengers. You no, need to. I know, read. I know. It's on my list. What do you want? Just, um, I want you to read it. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Marvel Boy. Again, I read. I think it was a four issue mini, yep. and I read the first three. I didn't know what the hell was going on, and then the end. I suddenly was like, I don't know why, but I really liked that. Yeah. And I know it doesn't make sense, and I can understand why you wouldn't like it. Okay, but if this is going to be the explanation for why Captain Marvel came back. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Oh, really? I was no. thinking They're showing it might his, be. his potential is he his could, be Captain is he could become Captain See, Marvel. See, but this made me think that the Captain Marvel who came no, back no, no, to no, run no. 42. They're showing him what he could be if he, cho- if he chose to be good. He could be the new Captain Marvel. Because at that point in time, Captain Marvel was still dead. Okay. And in Civil War, they made it plainly clear that it's Captain Marvel from the yeah, yeah. Okay, they did. I didn't yeah. read that. Yeah, so no, yeah no, it was. This, okay. this is. Yeah. Well, I liked it more if I thought of it like that. Well, that's okay. It, you can think it that way in your, yeah. life, in your world. No, this – this <laughs> I don't know anything about Marvel Boy. I didn't read it. I yeah. enjoyed the second part. Mm-hmm. The first part was brilliant, one of the best. Yeah. F- f- I didn't care about being out of character because I, none of the Marvel characters are in character anymore. Well, well yeah. not, not so much that, it, that, that, that I don't think that they weren't in character. It was aspects of the character that we're not used to seeing. Well, because the thing is, so, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, they're going to talk about women. You right. know what I mean, like that, and we just never see that side. It, it, so in that's this what book, you know, it seemed a lot of place. Like, yeah. in this title, I loved. I loved. You know, everybody. I mean, the the I loved the Illuminati meetings when Professor Xavier told Tony Stark he thinks like a programmer. I mean, that was exact. You know, like it's. It was amazing, you know, and like the whole meeting part of it, I loved. I didn't. I mean, I, when I say I loved and hated it, because it, I hated it, because it, and I, hate is a strong word. It just made me a little uncomfortable because I wasn't used to it. Yeah. But looking back on it, I actually thought it was like I agree with Connor. It was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the more I look at it, the more I like it. But it did throw me off a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. so. And I, I don't. And not having known anything about Marvel Boy, I really liked the second half. I don't. I don't know why. Well, stakes were fine. That's fine. You should yeah. read Marvel Boy. Well, I, I assume Marvel Boy's coming back now. Because yeah. Illuminati is, la- is is the linkages for all the storylines well, that are going on. Well, if the Marvel scrolls, written, but it, it yeah, fell off the rails. Well, that was because Morrison left. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. If the scrolls are involved, aren't the Kree close yeah, behind? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Good point. Uh, we wanted to just talk real quick about a couple of books that we have um, along the same lines of how Countdown uh, was pretty good this week. I picked up uh, All New Adam number fourteen. I haven't been reading this. Uh, yeah. I just picked it up. Because we talked to Mike Norton, the artist in San Diego, and I was like, I want to see what he's doing, and I I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I, I I'm re- shocked. I I kind of just because it's a lot of the DC characters who I don't know anything about who have their own title, I just find myself not interested in. Right? No, I mean, I'm, it's good that you are. I'm just surprised. This uh, basically what it is is I didn't. It's actually part three of a story, but it's it's the search for Ray Palmer and it's uh, Jason Todd, Donna Troy, and the new Adam, whose name I don't know. If oh, so this is head. this is where the actual story is happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they go in and and they're trying to find. They find this. Uh, are we in heaven? Yes, they are, but wow. it's not heaven, heaven. So they start like blue beetles in it, and they talk to all these people, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, Connor just got Connor, choked up. Yeah, Connor's like reading. <laughs> he it. Said, he saw Barry and got all upset. I yeah, saw, he's, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it was just it was really imaginative. I thought it was clever. It had good. It had uh, people were saying that they had hoped for more of the monitor and Donna and Jason. Uh, this and is this, where it is. Yep, and it's in here, and it's a lot of fun. Written by Gail Simone, art yep. by Mike Norton. 
Cool. Uh, great. It was just a, a, a great comic book. Did it help you help you to enjoy Countdown more? Yes, it did actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, so. Yeah, it did. I, I liked it, and so yeah. uh, I'm, I'm curious. You know, it's kind of the story is basically that this is a guy who's in Ray Palmer's outfit. He's the new Adam. You know, and he's got to deal with that. This is sort of like Kyle Rayner did before. Uh, I don't know much about it. Okay, well, you know, whatever. Uh, One other quick book, which I have been meaning to talk about and haven't, uh, is The Exterminators. Uh, This week, issue 20 came out. Uh, It wasn't really quite good enough to be my pick. But uh, I basically, I picked up these trades, and I read through them and caught up on issue very quickly. I'm really liking the series. This is one of my favorite Vertigo series. Art by Derek Robertson? Derek Robertson has been filling on the last two. For the most of, I think the first 14 or 15, the artist on it was Tony Moore. Oh, wow. Um, it's basically it's a horror book about sort of – it's about uh, a bug infestation of Los Angeles and all of this weird nice. shit that goes on around it. Bugs. It's really creepy, and it makes you feel crawly yeah. to read it. Bugs. Yeah, I mean there's big bugs, and it's just – it, I don't like bugs. This one actually felt a lot like a Transmetropolitan. It looks like it. Yeah, uh, yeah because it's the same artist or whatever. But right. I'm really digging this series, and uh, I'm, st- I'm going to start. I'm going to hope to do more on it at some point. Little boys there. Yeah. In the art. No, yeah. I've heard good things about this book. I yeah, I, like I'm bugs. really. It also feels like it takes place in Los Angeles, and it really feels like they've the character of that city down. In the same vein of trying things out, like Josh with all uh, the Adam book, I picked up Supergirl number twenty because this was the new creative team jumping on, and I. I saw the preview art and I liked it and I figured I'd give it a shot Supergirl's interesting character I think um, this was really good this was really good this was Tony Bedard who's writing the Black Canary miniseries and um, the art is by uh, Renato Gatiss and it's interesting because it's Supergirl and it's not at all cheesecakey. Mm-hmm. I mean if you look the skirt is almost down to her knees yeah. the shirt I, heard, I remember um, somebody I want to say McKeever or somebody at DC was talking about how they're, they're starting to make her Less um, jail baby, yeah, jail baby. Well, like yeah. the shirt covers her entire chest and even comes down to to her rib cage. I mean, like it's, you just get to the point where you can see the bottom of her nipple. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah. It was, it's awkward, really. I mean, it's and then yeah, the yeah, art is yeah. the art is really good. And yeah. this is also countdown. I'm she's not. Got, she's got thick ankles. She's got strong can- ankles. Can- she's got ankles. Can- um, this this is I'm actually sorry. <laughs> this isn't everyone. Um, sorry. <laughs> this is an Amazon attacks tie-in. Is so this still this, going? Yeah, this fills. Does that matter. It matters in its own its, it's own the most, pocket. It's the most despised mini. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's really good, actually. It's better than any other ones going on. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you like, if you're at all looking to try it, number twenty Supergirl is a good place to start. So they dropped the Legion because wasn't yes, she what with the Legion? Legion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the future. Yeah, because a friend of mine was reading it and was hating that. And so yeah, so yeah, this so. is this is very good. The art's fantastic. Cool. I really like it. Awesome. Excellent. So, um, and uh, uh, one last book I wanted to mention was She-Hulk number 20. Um, I know I'm the only one out of us who reads it. Um, and I believe it's coming to the end of Dan Slott's run on it, and Peter Davis is going to be taking over on it. And the reason why I wanted to call it out is previously I've referred to She-Hulk as almost like the Boston Legal or like a witty sitcom of the Marvel Universe, and it's continuing on. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was Slott's issue or like if they're leading into a bunch of fill-ins, because this was, you know, every now and then when they just rapidly wrap up plot plots... Yeah. What they did was they took all the main characters and put them in a situation where this cosmic robot who has been observing them needed a couple of answers, and he, if he didn't get them in three hours, he'd, he'd blow up. <laughs> so it was a lot of, what about this, and what about this, and what about that? And they were kind of explaining in-between moments. And, and bear with me for a second, because one of the plot devices was the fact that She-Hulk, because of her legal background, had in the series had, had a lot of um, interactions with the cosmic 
kind of living tribunal, the cosmic kind of idea of law. And at one point, she was a um, uh, like a judge for a, a court case between a race of people and watchers because the race of people wanted cosmic privacy and that sort of thing. But the reason why I wanted to call it That's out brilliant. is because literally in one of those, and what about that? You know, like kind of like you know, what about that moment? You know, they're asked. You know, the the robot guy who's watching them asks She-Hulk. You know. You still have, you know, that cosmic magistrate power. And Shield goes, actually, no, I don't. She says, it literally happened in between seconds, but I was plucked out of time and space where she met with a living tribunal who was weighing between our universe and another universe, an ultimate universe, trying to decide which, which one to pick. Mm-hmm. And she ultimately defended the 616 universe, and the tribunal decided not to replace it with the ultimate universe. <laughs> so, but what's interesting That's is funny. that one of the, not only is it funny, but in half of a page... Slot pretty much connected 616 and Ultimate, at least on a cosmic level. So, like, remember when Wolverine, when Wolverine yeah. dreamt about the Ultimate Wolverine mm-hmm. X-Men? So, like, it's being laid. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, an Illuminati issue or something like that. Like, two or three down the road, they Just say, see... that DC was there to do it first. Yeah, like, see issue She-Hulk number 20 when She-Hulk... Def- you know what I mean? Like, it's... It was just a throwaway, in between seconds kind of thing. But like, why would they do? Why would you know? Like, I understand the the, 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 the either, joke of either it. Either that, or they're just poking fun at all the crazy people who think it's gonna. That, happen. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like the, the natural progression of that is gonna be that the Marvel zombies show up in the six sixteen universe. Yeah. They have to, by the way. But they have to at some point. Yeah, that's how you make that story work. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. But but what's funny is that she's saying you know he was weighing whether or not to replace us with the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I argued point after point that our that our home wasn't convoluted. It was legendary. It wasn't confusing. It had character, and most impor- important of all, were fun. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like slot almost defending these, the six sixteen from the ultimate. Are- jam-packed oh yeah I oh mean, no this like is this. this is like a 22 page issue that could have been like a 48 page special it was just like and it was like fire it's like boom yeah. boom boom like what about this what about this they, they wrapped up about five or six plot lines in 22 pages nice and in between some of the moments were like mini one-pager kind of flashback stories where like hawkeye and um and the two-gun kid Jesus. you know like or like a no, little one page you I'm know i'm not like, telling you to go out and buy this but no. if you're in the shop just look pick at it up it, yeah. and look at these pages it's like this is comic book <laughs> economics. Right, exactly. She's the and poor artist and letterer. It's like there was a one page about a, one of the characters being trapped in Duck World, the Howard the Duck World. Like it's just like hysterical. So I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. I've enjoyed She Hulk up to this point, and I don't know if I'm going to keep on doing it when Peter David comes on. I probably will. But um, so yeah. So. Well, he's no slouch. Yeah. Well, that's it for the books. Um, Netflix, 75,000 titles or no late fees, free shipping both ways. Diving right in. Fast delivery. Um, Plan starting as low as four ninety nine. There's a two week free trial if you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy and uh, you can get a two week free trial and you can You know we like it. Yeah, we love it. I just watched the scanner darkly. Uh, I finished Pan's Labyrinth yeah. and I am about halfway through Gone with the Wind. What do you think so far? You want to go to the forum for that. Uh, okay, did you post about it? <laughs> yes, I, I look did. at it. Okay. You don't want to go to the forum. Oh, really? No. Oh, God. No, no, I'm updating it every chunk I watch. Oh, good, good. Excellent. I would say watch it in one sitting, but I do know it's three, four hours. Three hours, know. 53 minutes. Yeah, so. Great. What uh, about you? Um, I tried to watch Iron Giant, but it didn't recognize the disc. Oh, nice. Aw. Okay, so... Um, They'll replace that right away for yes, you. Yes, they will. Netflix.com slash iFanboy. www.netflix.com slash iFanboy. That's important. Important. All right, so time on the email. Our first email comes from Terrence Hobson from Portland, Oregon. 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 We've got Hobson. Um, Terrence writes that he's really jealous of us because we have each other to talk about the books we read, and he doesn't have anybody that he knows that still reads comics. He loves listening to our podcast, and that geek out conversation is so much fun. His fiance has to endure 20-minute diatribes about the coloring work of Alex Sinclair and the major influences of David Finch's art. She knows way more about comics than I think 90% of the people walking around. I'd probably drive this, drive this poor girl crazy. 
Um, and he attached a picture. Thank she was you. hot, by the way. Nice. Anyway, good work. I'm sorry, Terrence. Um, <laughs> what? She was. Good work. Cankles. They do this on No, she doesn't have cankles. <laughs> she doesn't have cankles. <laughs> no, I was just saying, no, no. No, because we said I was apologizing for cankles again. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see the picture, so does she have cankles? You couldn't see them, but I'm sure she didn't. She was very pretty. Okay, so the problem is not that she has cankles, but he thinks, um, he, and he thinks it could be a topic for our show, is that what do you do when you're a 28-year-old nerd who's still in love with the comics and no, and no one else you know does? Half the fun of enjoying something is having a shared experience with others. So he asked the three of us, the trinity of com- comic book podcasting, where does a guy like him go to have that shared experience? Well, I mean, yeah. first of all, don't be jealous. Don't. And, and, and know, second of all, we're we're not a trinity of nothing, brother. Yeah. You know what's funny is that we don't actually get to talk about comics with each other anymore. We don't. We because don't. Every time you hear the the mantra, don't save it for the show. Save it for the show. <laughs> um, we're, we're beholden to you, so. Um, we don't have it either. But you're not alone in that. And just recently coming back from San Diego, I probably heard what echoed your sentiments exactly. In San Diego, definitely. In San Diego, And yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with the popularity of comics podcasting because comics are much better as a shared experience. We all know that. I think the, the less that we have to talk about them, the less interested we are about them. Luckily, you do have our podcast and other and lots of others, you know. Uh, and then the, uh, the other thing that we could say to you is, you know, forums. Uh, you know, go to either our forums or, or the or the iFanboy or anybody else's. They all have a different I mean, flavor. Bendis's board at Jinx World, um, Millar's board at Millar. Was it Millar World or Miller, Miller World? World. Miller World. Yeah. Um, the Marvel boards, DC boards, Wizard boards. Yeah. Um, CBR's got message boards. I mean, it's not, comics. It's not I mean, the same as talking, but it's it's it's, 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 it's good. Close. No, but it's good. It's, it's good. The thing yeah. is, if you go to like a message board, it's easy to feel like there's a bunch of people who know each other already, and you can't get involved. But, and, and I push through that, basically. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we're lucky because on, on our forums, we have a very friendly group who like to welcome people, which is awesome. Yes. The best thing that we could ever ask for. Um, I, and I don't know how it is on, like, other message boards, but, like, I've posted on other message boards and have been welcomed with yeah. open arms. I mean, like, the folks on the wizard board have emailed me saying, post more, you yeah. know, and little do they know that I don't do the message board thing. But, um, but the other thing also is go to conventions and... You know, listen to podcasts and like, for example, in San Diego, we threw a party, had a meetup. Yeah. You know, um, we're gonna talk about it a little later on, but uh, me and Gordon are gonna be in Chicago for Wizard World, and you know, come hang out there. Yeah. You know, like if you're, I don't, you're in Oregon, you're I don't know how close you are to Seattle, yeah. but there's a great con, Emerald yeah. City Con, in, in April Oregon. in March. Portland or April. is like Portland, yeah, is exactly. The That's where all the comic yeah. books um, right creators yeah. are there. Exactly. All, so all go to your, you know, go to your shops if you, yeah. if you, I mean, if if you're like me, you're kind of introverted or whatever, and you don't want to talk to people about that. Forums are good, but the sto- the stores too. Stores I mean, I mean, I'm I'm unique out of the three of us because. I spend 45 minutes to an hour of my store talking to the guy. You know, I used every, to. I don't have a store yeah, like that. Anymore. Right, exactly. That's a unique thing. But so, uh, you, you know, you got to get out there. Don't yeah. don't drive the woman away, though, because yeah. then you'll resent comics, too. <laughs> All right. Vicious Smith from New York, New York writes, ah, vicious. Ron, this is, this is going to be for you. Okay. So Sabretooth gets killed by Wolverine in the latest issue of Wolverine, but in Cable Deadpool, Deadpool was fighting Sabretooth, and he shot Sabretooth enough to keep him at bay. Mighty Avengers makes little, little to no sense because the Mighty Team has shown up at least three books I've read, and Iron Man is part of the heroes fighting Hulk and World War Hulk. Am I supposed to just give up on continuity and imagine that all these things can happen at once? Or are all these events supposed to fit nicely on a timeline? That's a great question because I used to be very obsessive about the timeline because I love the – and we he talked – He said used to be. Uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> he's, no, he's no, way better than he used to no, be. No, no, listen because – no, and I'll tell you how I've gotten here is that um, I used to love the 60s, 70s, 80s where like something was going on. Like I remember a Spider-Man book. Oh, no, it might have been Nova. It was Nova, and he sees Thor fly by. And he's like, oh, there's Thor. And then the editor box like, see Thor Adventures to see where he's going. Right. You know, and it was great because they, there was a small number of books, and they controlled when they came out, and that whole, that whole deal. Um, 
now what's happened is that I still think there's a continuity, but because of late books and because so of many books. because of stuff coming out, you've really got to just be kind of okay with it and understand that what's happening in Astonishing X Men is happening over a day that might appear, happen in between and you know it takes it, you a year to read. Yeah, it takes you a year to read, but it and it fits in in between Uncanny, you know, issue this and issue that. You, know, you like, have to roll with it. You got, You'll yeah, go you, literally insane right. trying to fit it all together. And, and one of the other things, that, one of the other reasons, not just late books and stuff like that, but also there is a different sense of co- in comics now that we didn't used to have of auteurism, yeah. where they give a guy a book and they say, do your thing with it. And yeah. ultimately, while it doesn't make as much sense when you try to put all those things together, I really think that we are getting better stories and we're getting better writing. To that point, to wit, um, I'm one of the. I only bought a few books in San Diego. One of them I bought was the Secret Wars trade paperback. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write Did a. Ben to say a, I dare you to read that. Yeah, no, no, he said I dare you to read Secret Wars too because Secret oh, Wars two is awful. Wars 2 but he said he was very high praise of Secret Wars. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I bought it because um, Bendis was so praiseful of it. I'm gonna write an article about it. But there's shit that happens in that book that has no explanation. Like one minute, Professor Xavier is in a wheelchair. The next page, he's walking around, and Cyclops is going. It's so weird to see Professor Xavier out of his wheelchair. No explanation. None whatsoever. <laughs> There's stuff that happens in continuity where characters disappear and they reappear. Characters just like – and it's like all over the place. Isn't and, that the Beyonders doing? Yeah, well, it might be and I'm assuming it's going to get explained or whatever. But, but the thing is, is that even in then, back in that days of tight continuity, mm-hmm. the continuity is all over the place. Well, even in, the, within the story because we have better storytelling now. You know, so, that was where yeah. continuity came from. Right. You know, the no prize. And exactly, yeah. So, um, so I don't know. Just roll with it. And just, I mean, the thing is, you know, you Sabretooth is in Cable and Deadpool and in Wolverine he's dead. So, that, so Cable and Deadpool takes place before Wolverine. Here's the thing. You can sit there and get mad about it. It's not going to change. So yeah. you, it's like either, you know, either stop letting it bug you or, You'll enjoy things a lot more if you just roll with it. So, all right, cool. So, um, our last email comes in from Craig Mandel from Chicago. Um, who's Craig is sick of Iron Man, which is a rough since we started our show like that. Yeah, exactly. I hope he doesn't kill us. He's sick of. Oh, we're going to go to the negative zone. Um, <laughs> Forty-two. Wow. I know it's not real. Um, he's sick of every Marvel character quaking in their boots when they mention Iron Man. Would someone please kill this guy already? He's like Bruce Wayne with none of the appeal of Bruce Wayne and a stupid robot costume and a mustache. He dropped Mighty Avengers this week because he does, doesn't understand nor appreciate. Thanks, Marvel editorial. How Marvel, how Iron Man can be Ultron and also have been knocked into next week by the Hulk and also at the helm hey, of it's related. at every S.H.I.E.L.D. project meeting and at every Initiative Daily after party. I have an idea for you guys. I know you dislike Iron Man haters. Do we? But please, please, please do a video cast or take some time on the regular podcast to explain to him, someone who's never been remotely interested in the douchebag in the metal suit and all the rest of the world, why any Marvel reader should stop wishing he was dead. Is there a history here of tremendous Iron Man deeds that I've not, um, that I've not seen that have brought him the good guy stock that's been flushed out over the last two years? No, no matter what Marvel book, and he's in all of them for some reason, he always seems to be completely get his ass kicked and his suit broken. Piece of junk. What was ever so great about the guy? Well, first of all, the continuity stuff we just talked about. So yeah, so just rewind. For, you know, it's not it's roll not with it. Roll yeah. with it, people. All right. So is Iron Man a classic character? Oh yeah. I am a huge Iron Man fan, yeah. which I know is odd because I haven't bought an Iron Man book in years. I don't think he's been done well for a long time, yeah. and I don't think he's been consistent. And I don't think they know what to do with him. And I can't decide whether I think that what they did with him in uh, Civil War was a good idea or not. You know what I mean? Like I, I well, he's a scroll, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I, but <laughs> I love how that's the answer. He's a great character. He's not Bruce Wayne, right? He's 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 the opposite of. He loves who he is. He has no. He loves being Tony Stark. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think that, I think that they've been confused about what to do with him for a while. Go, okay, Craig. Go read Demon in a Bottle. I mean that that's all. I mean that that the the alcoholism, all that stuff. Go read Armor Wars. Mm-hmm. 
Go read when when James Rhodes. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> go read when James Rhodes was um, Iron Man. Yeah, can you say my first shock in a comic book came in an Iron Man comic when I was like 11 years old, and uh, he had been dating this girl, and it was just some bubbly ditzy chick that he'd met somewhere, and then yeah. he Steve started blowing her off, yeah. and like, and you forget about her for an issue or two, and then you turn the page, and she shot him in the belly. Yeah. And, and he's, <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, uh, and I was like, oh my god, and because. That's this thing where he's the most powerful dude in the world, and he was taken down by his other like yeah, his vices. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about Tony Stark is that he's rich. He's an industrialist, so he's always involved in like defense and all that kind of stuff. The Avengers connection, but then also he's got vices. He loves women. He loves the drink. He loves the the but Playboy a, lifestyle, you know. Whereas Bruce Wayne uses that as an alternate identity. Tony Stark embraces it. They know? did it really well in the Ultimates, actually. Yeah, I really yes. like how they yeah. did Tony Stark in the Ultimates, yeah. and I think that needs to be how more like how he is now. And in a year from now, you're gonna love him because I've got a good feeling about that movie. Yeah. Well, you so. know what? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the the thing about the the Tony Stark now. I, I still don't see what he did that was that wrong. He thinks he was doing the right thing, and it yeah. sucks to do the right thing sometimes, and that's the point. You yeah, know? well, he's a scroll. <laughs> Did we tell the scroll story? Oh, yeah. The, the, in San Diego, one of, um, one of the folks that came to our party, um, we were talking, sharing stories, and he went to Frank Cho to get a, um, a sketch. Um, and he asked Frank Cho to sketch uh, Ms. Marvel. And Frank Cho sketches, hands him back the book, and he looks, and he's got a scroll. Head. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Is that... Is that Giving it away, or, or just or Frank Cho being a, being an awesome bastard. Which I, I hope it's the latter. Yeah, I do too. I think that's yeah. great. All right, cool. So, um, if you have a question or you hate another character, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com and tell us all about it. So, um, let's dive into our voicemail then. Um, our, our our first voicemail has got a lot of questions. I wish there was a pool. Hey guys, this is Dash from Boulder, Colorado. I love uh, the podcast. I have three questions for you. I'll try and make them as quick as I can. Uh, number one, I just read uh, the trade paperback Batman Year 100. I thought it was fantastic. Really love the art. Really love the writing. Uh, I was wondering if you had any suggestions for other books that uh, really take the hero in a completely different direction than, than you ever would have expected it, whether it be in the future or uh, in the present. Uh, number two, uh, I just recently recalled this this book that I read when I was uh, much younger. It was a, a, a team-up involving, I want to say, Ghost Rider, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and either the Thing or the Hulk. I uh, wish I could remember it better, and that's why I'm calling you. I remember it being awesome, uh, just a ridiculous team-up, but it could have been better uh, because I was 10 years old. I'm wondering if it's worth checking out. Uh, or even just what the title is, killing me. And the third question is, uh, my girlfriend, uh, I'm starting to get her into comics, thankfully, but uh, she really, she's obsessed with young adult fiction. And so, uh, of course, her favorite book is Runaways. Uh, I'm trying to find other things uh, to get her into. I tried Invincible, but she wouldn't do it. It's too bloody. Uh, So I'm looking for some recommendations on that, too, uh, whether it be... uh, trade paperback or, or just a, a book that's that has a good jumping on point right now all right thank you very much for your time and uh again i love the podcast keep up the good work take it easy all right so uh batman year 100 by paul pope recent eisner winner um connor what did you think of it i did not buy it 
All right, Josh, I don't what like, did you think of it? I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it either. I'm not a big Paul Pope fan. I don't like yeah. the art. I can't get past the I art. I like it. I, I, I loved 100%. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't do it. And, and I like I wanted to get it. I just haven't gotten it. If you but, see those pages, by the way, they're like twice the size of a normal comic book. Yeah. Page. He works huge. So stories that take a character out of their normal thing into maybe another time or another another kind of way of telling it. That's almost it's, a tagline for the Elseworlds books. It's interesting that you used Batman as an example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Elseworlds books from DC, um, 80s, 90s. Uh, all were that's what they were all about was taking the, the familiar characters from the DC universe and putting them in the past and the future and alternate well, presence a lot of them are in trades now so. you check out Gotham by Gaslight with Gotham hunting Jack the Ripper Superman Red Sun Superman Red Sun if Superman landed in communist Russia yeah. uh, The Nail JLA The Nail JLA. which is great uh, what happens if The Nail blows out the tire of the paw and Ma Kent and also if you, ha- if you didn't see our uh, video show a couple episodes ago I, I recommended the Marvel What If series which right. is kind of reinventing heroes kind of right. what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four, and there are a lot of great ones over the We also the did uh, Holy what? Terror in one of the video shows. Yeah. That's also the Elseworlds yeah. book. That's very so, good. So his second, his second question is, he remembers some sort of team-up with Ghost Rider. He thinks Hulk or Thing, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. You do remember correctly, it was Fantastic Four, issues number 347 through 349, mm-hmm. in when the Fantastic Four were captured or something happened, and Mole Man was the villain, and there was the... A Tell new me fa- you looked those issue numbers up. I have those issues. Right, but you had to look. You didn't oh, yeah, know no. it off the top of your head. All right, why don't you, why don't you give it away? No, I just I don't. Like, it's scary if you knew that. No, I didn't know. I do. I do remember. That. I like knew, your eyes start to glow. I knew there were. I knew it was in the in the three hundreds. I didn't remember the exact ones. I did look it up. Um, I I believe Art Adams. Was Art Adams was yeah, cool. yeah, those covers were great. That so. kid's got skills. So um, you can find those. I have them. I'm, I can't lend them to you. Um, he almost said it, though. And I almost did. I was like, if you, I was going to say I could scan them, but I didn't want to say that. Anyway. No. Um, so finally, his girlfriend likes YA books. Um, Perfect. So um, you should get her reading the Minx line from DC Comics. Um, the Plain Janes by Cecil Castellucci, who by profession is a YA writer. I would also suggest uh, Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim series. Yes. I believe yeah. the fourth book is about to come out. Yeah. No. You wouldn't recommend not that? about to come out. Oh no, yeah, it's not about. It's, it's, it's supposed it's to on come ad out. for it. He, yeah, well, he's not yeah. finished with it. Yeah, there's okay, a reason so why. There was three, a reason, reason why he wasn't in San Diego. There's three books that yeah. you can get now. No, but the, so the Minx line is great. There's the, the, there's the Plain Janes, the Regifters, and Clubbing. Clubbing, yeah, Clubbing. I just finished Clubbing. I it wasn't clubbing as good. No, I like, I that was one of the best ones. Andy Watson. Andy Watson. Andy Watson Andy was good. Writing though, not pencils though. I love his pencils. I know. And the pencil wasn't the pencil from the. It was Josh Howard from Dead at Seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so check out the Minx line. That's exactly that will make you get you laid. Okay. Um, well then. So our no- I fanboys make no guarantee about getting laid. Our next voicemail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, even want to know him. Our next he's voicemail. saying cankles. He's talking Jesus. Our next voicemail asks about something we take for granted. What's going on, I fanboy? It's Damien calling you again from Rochester, New York. It is Friday of the Comic Con, and I'm stuck in Minnesota waiting for my plane to get me there. I was supposed to be in Cali five hours ago, hoping I can make it to the show tonight. But uh, my question is, how come you never tell us what music that is that you have playing on the podcast? Absolutely fantastic. We'd love to know. Don't know if it's a thread on the website, but uh, you need to point us where to go. Thanks. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) The most, uh, where's that music? We get that email every day. So listen, there are thousands of you who listen to this podcast. You may not know that there's also a website called ifanboy.com where we we talk about comics. On On that website... There is a post about each episode of the podcast, and in that post, we list the music. And there's a link to buy it. To buy it at Amazon. Listen to bits of it. Exactly. So we tell you, just go to ifanboy.com. Every Sunday night, we post it. It's very obvious. And if we put something in the video show, 
We yeah. listed in the credits. Exactly. It's the, the opening theme is listed in the credits, the 101. And whatever music we use. Yep. So every week with those emails, I know it, it bothers you. So everyone, go to the website. Everyone who doesn't go to the website, also it's Connor with one N. Okay, there it is. I said it. Just one N. All right. And so, um, so after a couple of light questions, um, Paul gives us a, a deep question. Hey guys, it's Paul, better known as Paper from the Rev Three Boards. Uh, just wondering if you'd be willing to speculate on this question: Do you think the success of Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns is something that could happen again? or even be surpassed uh, in the comics industry? If so, what creative team could do it, and what characters might be involved? Okay, hope you have fun with that one. See you guys soon. That is, that guy sounds just like Tony Stark. He does, doesn't he? Isn't that weird? I want to plug his show, because he just started a podcast, the Fuzzy Typewriter yeah, podcast. Yeah, super, super good show. Movies, music. Find it in iTunes. So, um, so, can, so can Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns happen again, and if so, by whom? Yes and no. Well, my my answer to this is sure. Of Maybe I I can't tell you who or what characters or what publisher. Like I don't. I, I mean, I wasn't reading comics when Dark Knight and Watchmen came out, but I get the feeling that it wasn't suspected. Like it well, wasn't like expected. You know, here's I mean? where it's not going to come from. It's yeah. not going to come from somebody trying to do the next Watchmen or yes. Dark Knight. Right. And I think that's what we keep seeing is like I'm going to take the realistic, gritty take on this character and make the story. It's going to be something completely different. I, I don't. I don't. Like, we, we mentioned Scott Pilgrim. It's going to be something like that. Yeah. It's going to be something that does a whole different genre, a whole different thing, and, and it's going to blow everybody away. It's got to be something that's that's mainstream enough that people are going to, everybody's going to read. What's it. mainstream can change, though. I think and not in comics it hasn't changed in fifty years. It could, though. Well, the thing is, I mean, what's tough is that like um, Watchmen and Dark Knight were steeped in superhero lore, yeah. and while something like Mouse or Blankets or something Sandman. like that was is it was Sandman, you know, Sandman's uh, got one foot in the superhero world. I mean, no. you know, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm reading it. It's 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 there. He's mad at me when he says, but that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, I mean, the thing is that you just don't know when it's going to come from or who it's going to come from. Yeah. You know, that's what makes it great, and that's what makes it it's great. It's not expected, and, and it blows. And the you thing out. is also, in the same way, just kind of like when you're looking for love, you can't expect it, you can't wait for it to happen. It just happens when you don't know about it. You know, then the other thing is, yeah. you know, it, maybe nothing will hit with the impact like that. But personally, there are hundreds of books which hit me with just as much impact when right. I first, you know, Strange Paradise. And, and actually, I think that's more like while Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns knocked everybody on their ass at that time across the board. I think there's more little things that are knocking groups of people off their asses yep, yep. and stuff like that. You uh, know, so. Definitely. Um, so yeah. So thanks, okay. Paul. So uh, finally, if you want some, uh, you want some some wear, some gear. Uh, you know, some superhero stuff or whatever comic stuff. You can go to geekarmor.com. They sell t-shirts with the geek in mind. Uh, they got a heavy focus on comic book t-shirts and a whole bunch of video games, sci-fi, TV. We'll say pithy kinds of things in there. Stuff like that. Um, you'll find what you want. Connor, still still thinking about that Arkham Asylum athletic shirt in sure. XXXL. Uh, so you can go, go to geekarmor.com, uh, which is... Uh, Website like the U.S. Yeah, not the British guy. No also, US. if you want to uh, leave us a voicemail, it's one eight eight fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Um, and that goes along with the email address contact at ifanboy dot com. So, um, all right, cool. So, uh, real quickly, we got some quick announcements and stuff like that to go through. Um, in addition to geekarmor dot com, uh, if you need a t shirt. You can now get the iFanboy t-shirt. Good lord! Finally. So um, you can go to jinx.com slash iFanboy where you can order the brand new design of the iFanboy intern t-shirt where you can join the ranks of the iFanboy interns. You too can be an intern. Exactly. Much uh, to Gordon's chagrin. You know, if you get he's the not shirts, happy. He's not happy at all. <laughs> no. no, he wasn't. If you, if, you, if, you, if you get the shirts and you want to take a picture, you can put them up on the, um, on the uh, Jinx site there. Or you can send them to us and we'll collect yeah, yeah. them. 
But um, but yeah, so if you go to ifanboy.com, up on the top nav, there's a link to t-shirts as well, or you can go to jinx.com slash ifanboy. All through 3XL. J-I-N-X dot com slash ifanboy. And they're great. Connor's wearing his right now. Oh, yeah. And finally, as mentioned earlier, um, we're, we got back from San Diego. We had a great time. Um, for some reason or other, um, I'm going to Chicago to go to Wizard World. And, you're crazy. That's and, why. And Gordon's going to join me. Um, so if you're going to Wizard World Chicago, um, post it on ifanboy.com. Up at the top, you can see all the news about where we're going to be. Um, we're probably going to hang out Friday night. So if people in the Chicago area want to hang out, we can meet up. Um, Saturday, I'm going to be at the Heroes Initiative booth from 3 to 5 on Saturday afternoon. Are you going to Twitter? Uh, pro- oh, yes, I will be Twittering. That's a good point. Um, we'll talk about Twitter in a second. Um, and I'll be at the Heroes Initiative booth from 3 to 5 with Chris from Around Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be sketching. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Look up a pick of the week he did on uh, an X-Men silent issue. Once yeah, yeah. On the site. That'll show you how he sketches. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, so if you're in Chicago, please come out, and you can, you can meet me and Gordon, and it should be a fun time. So. Um, cool. I think that's about it. That in terms being of said, uh, we're working on. Uh, you may you may see some San Diego material yes. this week on the video show, which comes out every Wednesday, uh, as opposed to this show, which comes out on Sunday. Uh, we were in San Diego. You you know what it looks like when we do a convention show. This one's maybe even better. This is than the mother that. of them all. Yeah. So. Uh, we there's a lot of things. I'm still sore in places. So. Yeah, I no. can't believe I, I'm still tired. I lost seven pounds. Did you? Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. And we didn't eat lightly. No, we didn't. That's a, again, like, <laughs> like in WonderCon, Wonder we yeah. lost we lost like five or six pounds. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. So. This is like the hair oil thing. Yeah, that's, I think that's why I'm going to Chicago. My new fitness plan is Comic Cons. <laughs> so anyway, so um, what, and as we mentioned earlier, um, in addition, if you go online, you want to follow us, you want to hang out with us. Well, um, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The video shows at revision3.com/ifanboy exactly. next Wednesday, San Diego show. Um, you can go to you know myspace.com slash ifanboy comicspace.com slash ifanboy verb.com slash ifanboy we're no longer on Facebook because Facebook's kind of clamping down on the non-entity things but we're personally we're on Facebook and yeah. there's a group we're there's right. an ifanboy group that you can join yep. yeah. um, but we also recently added uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy and that's where you can track um, when we're at conventions we twitter like mad um, saying and, where we are and our, what our thoughts are, and, and other times randomly, and, I just feel like saying Doctor Doom's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and when we're not at conventions, you can check the Twitter because every now and then you can see our comic-inspired witticisms. So, go, so, <laughs> so follow us on Twitter.com/ifanboy. We're also personally on Twitter too. Yes, we are personally on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Josh is not. Maybe I will be later. So, um, cool. So. I don't know what else. I'm uh, tired. I've it's lost this, the place. Oh, uh, you can head out to frapper.com slash ifanboy. Stick your pin in the map and tell everybody where you're from. And you can vote for us if you'd like to show at Podcast Alley or um, on iTunes. You can leave a review. And you can go to dig.com uh, to the podcast section and you can dig our show. Yeah, if you give it a... Uh Anyway. And um, just real quickly before we end, uh, like we said, we got back from San Diego. We had a whole bunch of people come out to the party that we threw, the Totally Rad Show guys. We had a great time. Boy, I liked them. Yeah, they I were really cool. You should, if you haven't checked out their show, you should definitely go to revision3.com slash TRS. And, and, or or Josh and Ron. Or go to, go to TotallyRadShow.com. Yeah, watch their, their Comic-Con show where we weren't expecting to have a camera on us. Yeah, exactly. What? Who? Uh? <laughs> what now? So... Um, so yeah, so um, check out Totally Rad Show. But thanks to everybody who came out in San Diego. Thanks to everybody we had a who, great time. who bought I, a shirt, who said hi. I had so much fun, like, and meeting all sorts of people. I, I still, you can hear my voice is actually still, and that's not from doing the show. That's from talking to people we met yep. at the parties yeah. and things. It like that. It was great, and um, a lot of people there to help us out. Uh, the guys for AIT Planet Lar were super supportive of us. Let us hang Folks out at their Divix. booth. Folks at Divix, yeah. So um, Jonathan from Geekscape and and Gilmore from Geekscape, and so yeah, it was just it was a great time. So. Um, yeah, we like their moves. I like your moves. 
So uh, that said, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified.